Second String Podcast. We are in the house. First one of the month of May, I think. May 3rd is the date. Or May 4th is the date. First one of May. I do know that for a fact. First one of the month of May. This one's for the kids, baby. This one. Kids. The kids. This one's for you. It's actually not for the kids. I will be using profanities. So if your children are listening, if you're maybe driving them to soccer practice, maybe you're taking them to the daycare, probably not for the kids. Earmuffs. That's all it is. Earmuffs. I already said it. Earmuffs the third time. They're, they should, if they've been trained right, they should be hands up, not hearing a thing, not a peep. Welcome back. Second string podcast. Feels good. Kind of a gloomy day here in Michigan. I still feel fucking great. So that's good. Hopefully you do too. Hope everybody had a nice weekend. Hope you did some fun stuff. Enjoyed the sunshine. It was gorgeous on Sunday. Absolutely gorgeous. First, like there's, there was one other day I know where it was real warm and sunny out so far, but it was the first day, at least for me where I was outside and it really felt like summer, like summer had hit kind of first time I was sitting there like, uh Oh, are we in the, are we in the middle of June already? It kind of felt like that. So it was real nice sun, hot walking around in shorts and a t-shirt was absolutely refreshing. Nothing better. I think I said this last week, maybe nothing better than those first few days of the year of the summer when you can just pop outside in shorts and a t-shirt and you are perfectly comfortable. Nothing beats that. We had a great weather weekend. Hopefully you took advantage, went outside, did some cool stuff, all that good stuff today, today. I know I, I fucking beat it like a dead horse or beat it to a dead horse. I am beating a dead horse. You understand what I'm trying to say? NFL draft, obviously the Detroit Lions participated in that draft. I kind of gave the whole last week was the episodes. It was um, Wednesday or no, the one that came out Thursday was what I wanted to see the Lions do in the draft. Friday, I talked about Penny Sewell. All we had was the first round to go off on that Friday episode. So again, I'm going to talk Lions today. I know kind of back to back to back Lions talk. It is what it is. Deal with it. If you don't want to listen to the Lions, feel free to check out. But the second half of the show today won't be Lions related. I I feel like I just need to talk about the Lions. It's what I want to talk about. As far as sports go anyway, too, what else am I going to talk about in this godforsaken town? I'm not going to talk about the, the Tigers and how in year five of the rebuild, they may be worse than they've been yet. How in year five of the rebuild that we're hitting like what the year two or year one of the rebuild for, should look like. I'm not going to talk about that. My watch is talking to me. I'm not going to talk about the Red Wings, how the season's been over kind of like what's the use. It's fun watching Valeno and Zadina, but what else is there to talk about with the Red Wings? Pistons, same deal. Like we're just hoping that they lose. Let's get Cade Cunningham. Tank for Cade. What else am I going to talk about with the Stones? I know Killian, Beef Stew, Sadiq are all playing, getting a lot of minutes too because apparently everybody on the Pistons is injured somehow. I don't really know if that's their quote-unquote injured. Jeremy Grant's a little sore, like we're shutting them down, making sure we lose maximum numbers of games here down the stretch. I don't know if it's that or we actually have nine dudes that can't play. I don't really know, but again, nothing to talk about. Lions, the only thing that there is to talk about, only thing that's new and fresh and different, only thing that has an ounce of positivity connected to it, all these other teams, if I was going to talk about them, it's talking about how the season's over. It's talking about depressing stuff. It's talking about how we I shouldn't be talking about them. So I'm going to talk about the Lions. And besides, besides, after probably today until like August, 
the NFL's dead. There's nothing going on. I guess a couple free agent signings. I don't really expect the Lions to do anything crazy or that noteworthy in free agency where I'd feel, you know, compelled to come do an episode. So it's going to be dead as far as the lines are concerned after this. So I kind of want to soak it in while I can. While there's some line stuff to talk about, you know they're my favorite team. I know they're my favorite team. I want to just milk it fucking dry while I can. Is that so is that so evil of me? Is that so crazy of me? I didn't think so. Drafts over all 3 days. Obviously Penny Sewell, the absolute mauler shoe in for the Hall of Fame. <laughs> Multiple all-pro left tackle. Guy's 330 and runs like a running back. He moves side to side like a shortstop. The dude's got footwork like a ballerina. He's one of a kind. He's one of a kind, not to mention he's Samoan. So he's going to be doing cool dances and wearing war paint and shit for the games. I mean, that's just awesome. Who doesn't need a Samoan guy? I don't care if you're the Chiefs, the Pats, the Bucks. Who doesn't need a Samoan guy? Like Hall of Fame all generational left tackle prospect aside, who doesn't want a Samoan guy that's just going to intimidate the fuck out of the other team every Sunday? Who doesn't need that? I'm glad we got him. Second round, third round, fourth round. These guys, Brad Holmes, Dan Campbell, these guys love beef. These guys love meat on the bones. They love guys that just move shit. Like, I don't care how fast you are. I don't care how nimble you are. I don't care what your 40 time is. They care about people that move objects from point A to point B. They care about people that give quotes like, I can't wait to fuck someone up. Like, that's a that's a quote from, I think, the guy we took in the second round. I, his name is an absolute mouthful. Half the guys we took, I can't pronounce any of their names. And then I think maybe the third round guy, too, said something like, I can't wait to just move people or some shit like that. They love guys like that. They love guys that when they wake up in the morning, they're not thinking about their girlfriend. They're not thinking about that pair of shoes. They're thinking about who... Who can I get today? Who can I find? Where can I go so I can just fucking dominate someone physically? That's all they think about in the morning. They're not thinking about anything else. Not their favorite TV show. They're not thinking about that movie from yesterday. They're not thinking about what a nice day we're having. They wake up and it's, I need to pound a box of Wheaties and fuck someone up physically with my bare hands. I need to line up one-on-one, hands in the dirt, and just put someone on their ass. Those are the kind of guys that Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell apparently are in love with. Beef, trenches, World War One, mustard gas. It's illegal now. Crime of war, bioweapons, not allowed. We're going to dominate the line of scrimmage. And I, how can you not fall in love with that ideology? How could you not? I do, I do. I'm going to talk a little bit more about the Lions. Also, as, as you know, if you listen to the podcast before the draft, I wanted the Cats to take Justin Fields. I just wanted... A, we're going to have to take a quarterback at some point. B, the value in fields at seven. Uh, Two months ago, this guy was a lock to go number two. This guy was guaranteed 100% the second best QB in the draft after Lawrence. This guy, there were people who were like, is there a chance fields might go one? I love the the value you could get at seven. In the next couple of years, we're going to have to take a quarterback. No disrespect to Goff. I, I don't mind Goff. I've said that. But he's probably not the guy that's leading us to the promised land. I love the I love the talent. I love Fields' upside. I mean, you look at the dude and you're like, yeah, that guy belongs in some kind of sports league. He's thick as fuck. He's fast. He is a cannon of an arm. He dominated at every level he's played at. I know the whole, like, Jake Fromm beat him out for a job. I Is that, like, on Fields or is that on Kirby Smart being a moron? If that, 
how how did Jake Fromm like I've seen both of them play. I've watched Justin Fields play. I watched Jake Fromm play at Georgia. I don't know if it's Ohio State. It, like I don't think the level of wideouts in his offensive line and what he was working with at OSU was that much better than the guys at Georgia. I, I'd be shocked to find that that's true. And Justin Fields is 10 times the player Jake Fromm is. It's so apparent. Not even like Jake Fromm was a solid QB, solid college quarterback. Justin Fields' upside is 15 times the upside of Jake Fromm. His ceiling, bro, Jake Fromm doesn't look like Fields. His arm when he throws a deep ball doesn't resemble anything what a Fields bomb looks like. And Fields would blow him out of the water as far as running the ball. I mean, Fields is the closest thing we've gotten, I think, unless I'm forgetting someone, maybe like Jamarcus Russell. He's the closest thing we've gotten to Cam Newton since Cam Newton. He's obviously not Cam. He's not that big. He's not that physical. But he's the same mold, same type of guy. Big arm, can throw it, obviously, and is just a running back. And he's not like, oh, Lamar Jackson, kind of thin. If he gets hit, you never know. RG3, obviously, we saw what happened with him. No, it's like this guy looks like he played linebacker, but he also is just super fast and chucks footballs. That's why I wanted Fields. Obviously, the Bears got Fields. They traded up. I told you how I felt about that. Pretty sad. Like, pretty fucking sad, if we're being totally honest, especially with the whole report A-Rodg wants out of Green Bay. It's like right when the Lions were kind of – we're out of this 15-year misery where Green Bay just has top two, top three quarterback in the NFL, right when we're clearing those waters, right when we're climbing out of that hole. Oh, the Bears just got a guy who might become that. Ah, not ideal. Not ideal. So Bears fans, Bears fans, credit to them. I don't mind it. I'm here to take it. I put the video out there. Give me the fucking smoke, brother. Besides, they're the Chicago Bears. They're, they'll figure out a way to fuck it up. I have no doubt about that. Bears Twitter picked it up. I was getting fucking dragged over the coals. Well, made fun of because I'm sitting there in the video saying, Lions take fields, Lions take fields, guy of the future, please take fields. And then the Bears divisional rival get fields. I'm getting quote tweeted left and right by random Bears fans. Never, don't know who they are, never interact with them. I'm getting quote tweeted laughing emoji. I'm getting quote tweeted ha ha ha. I'm getting quote tweeted LMAO skull emoji. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. It hurts. It hurts for sure. Um, I'm still here. I stand by it. What the fuck? Like, yeah, the Bears traded up. It happened. Shit happens. I was wrong. I wasn't even wrong. I wasn't saying the Lions were going to get him. I was saying the Lions wanted to get him. Bears Twitter came after me like I was saying, don't take fields or something. They were coming after me almost like I was bagging on fields, almost like I was dissing the idea of fields, like I didn't want the Lions to take fields. They were coming after me like I didn't want my favorite team to use the seventh overall pick on the guy, and then they got him at 13 or 15 or whatever it was. I was sitting there. I was very confused, like, wait, if anything, that video, like Bears fans should be like, hell yeah, this Lions fan really wanted him, and we got him seven or eight picks later. That's a big win. Like, I didn't – I was very confused. Bears fans came after me. Bears fans, Chicago, I like fields. I don't get why I was getting clowned, guys. I mean, I I guess because the Lions, joke's on me, the Lions didn't get them. I don't get it. I like fields. I'm actually very jealous of the Chicago Bears. I'm very sad that right when it looks like the NFC North won't have a blue-chip dominant quarterback, at least not on any roster right now, there there now there is one that could become that guy. I'm sad about that. I was bummed out. I, I don't want that to happen. So if anything, it's like a good thing for Chicago, good thing for Bears fans. I don't know why they were clowning me. I guess respect, though. 
Bears fans, good job. I'm jealous of Fields. I want fucking Justin Fields on the Lions. I wanted him to wear Honolulu blue. I think of all of anyone not named Trevor Lawrence, he's got the most upside, I think, for sure. I think he, he'd he be my pick. I don't know why Zach Wilson, for some reason, went too. I think he was my third. I don't know why he went to Trey Lance. Again, don't really get that. I wanted Fields, and I wanted him bad. Not only do I think he may have the most upside of anyone not named Trevor Lawrence, I think he most certainly you got the best value. Not maybe not in a player, but definitely in the quarterbacks. Maybe in a player. I mean, if he turns out, absolutely in a player. You got the most value right there. You got a guy who could be a franchise changing 10, 15 year guy, dual threat, Russell Wilson type guy with the 14th or 15th overall pick. Bears fans, I'm with you guys. I'm like, I'm jealous that you have fields. I don't know why I'm getting clown guys. I'm with you on that. I think that's a strong pick. I think especially looking at Chicago and their just shitstorm they've went through the last few years, I'm with you on that pick. Find a quarterback. That's the one thing Chicago's missed for my entire life. Like, Jay Cutler was all right, I guess, but they've never had a guy like that. Like, even Matt Stafford. Imagine if Matt Stafford had just been on the Bears for the last 13 years. Do they win a Super Bowl? Right? Like, they might – that Trubisky or the double doink here – they might win it all that year. They're certainly year in and year out battling for the NFC with a guy like Matt Stafford. Chicago, I'm jealous. That was a great pick. I'm with you. And the other thing, I know NFC North rivals, like I want the Bears to lose all their games. It helps the Lions, obviously. Closet, between you and me, I actually don't mind the Bears. I actually kind of like them. I think they're a cool brand. I hate the – pack. as far as the NFC North teams go, hate the fucking Packers. A lot of that has to do with A-Rod just dominating. I mean, you hate us you hate us because you hate us. Pretty much one of those things. I hate the Packers. Minnesota, whatever. Don't care. I like Kirk, so like, sure. Don't really care. Chicago, I kind of like. They're at the same time while it's like, oh man, NFC North rivalry. Obviously, I want the Lions to kick the shit out of them every time they play. Are you kidding me? And obviously, Bears and the Bears fans are so fun to make fun of and make jokes at, which is why I'm here to take the smoke. Like that whole Trubisky thing, how bad their quarterback play is throughout the duration of that elite defense. So fun to just make jokes about. But I actually like the Bears. I think cool franchise. Um, Probably not what Bears fans want to hear, but the whole lovable loser thing, similar to the Cubs, the whole lovable loser, I think it plays. Obviously not total losers. They had that great run. The double doink didn't end how they wanted. Hell of a season, though. But still, like the lovable losers kind of come up short thing. Obviously all like the fan culture, like duh, Bears, all that shit. Cool brand, legendary football team. Like the people that own them, the Hallises, I'm pretty sure they invented football. Or not football, but they invented the Bears. I think they invented the NFL or like one of the leagues or something. Legendary franchise. I love the city of Chicago, like one of my favorite places I've ever been. I'm actually going in a month. I can't fucking wait. I'm with you, Bears. I don't mind the Bears. They're I kind of like them between you and me. Like they're a cool. If they weren't in the North, I would be. I would be a fan. Cool brand, cool city. Now you got a cool quarterback. Like the defense was always cool. I don't mind the Bears. I don't know, guys. I'm on your side here. I'm on your side here. Now. That being said, I'm going to give it back to you. It'd be a real shame if Andy Dalton started year one. That would be a real shame. I don't want to see it. I don't want to see the Lions beat you by 30 twice because you have a glorified retirement home QB running the show. 
I, real shame. I don't want to see it. It would be hilarious to see it. Would be a real shame, though. Also would be a real shame if Fields didn't pan out. Now that he's not in Detroit, now that I, I'm okay with him being a bust, I can say this. Be a real shame if you traded up and wasted that extra first and they get, ah, he's just not that guy. It would be a real shame, guys. I don't want it to happen, but it'd be a real shame. But, Bears fans, I'm with you. All right, back to the Lions. A lot of things. There's a lot of different ways people can feel about this draft. One, I love, I said it at the beginning, I love the ideology of building in the trenches. That's the definition of football. That's the easiest way, I think I said the meat and potatoes thing last time. It's the easiest way to compete in football. If you have, let's say, a top 10 out of 30, top third of the league. If you have a top third of the league offensive and defensive line, I don't care who your quarterback, running back, linebackers, defensive. I don't care who any of those other people are. If your offensive line and defensive lines are both in the top third of the league, you're going to have a solid team. I That is a fact of the game of football. That's about as much of a fact of life. Like death, taxes, and good offensive and defensive lines make you a decent football team. That's a fact. That's an absolute fact. I don't know how anybody out there, Lions fans, how you can get upset with what these guys did through the draft this year. It's their first draft, foundational draft. These are the guys that are going to be, you know, not the veterans, but hitting their prime. They've been in the culture. They've built the culture. In a few years, three, four years, when the, this, this regime, the Lions, we're hoping to win NFC North titles. We're hoping to win NFC championships. God forbid, dare I say, we're hoping to win a Super Bowl. These are the guys that are going to be the leaders in the locker room. These are the guys you're going to lean on. These will be your star players. I have no fucking problem making those guys offensive and defensive linemen. I have no problem making the strength of this team moving forward, making the identity and what the team is built on and revolves around week in and week out. The lines. I don't know how anybody could have a problem with that. I really don't. I really don't. Like, I'm sorry to say, I saw articles, people on Twitter like, oh, my God. They took, in the second and third rounds, they took defensive linemen? They could have taken wide receivers, though. Oh, there was a cornerback they could have taken. Guys, those guys don't matter. If If we learned anything from the Matt Patricia era, it's that those guys don't matter if you don't have the line of scrimmage locked up. If we learned anything from the past four years with the fat clown running the show, it's that a bad defensive line will mitigate a good anything else. And same goes for the offensive line. Now, in the Lions case, our offensive line was actually pretty solid last year, I thought at least. Wasn't great, wasn't one of the best ones in the league, but it wasn't bad by any means. Adding Penny Sewell to that fucking helps. Yeah, that helps. Now we're going into next year hoping that group's one of the better groups in the league, hoping they are a top 10 group in the league. And the defensive line, different story. The defensive line was an abomination last year. We brought back the only guy worth a damn and Romeo Okwara. We signed Michael Brockers, veteran, beast, comes from the Rams too with Brad Holmes. And now we picked up second and third round guys that are just going to beef it up. Guys that give quotes like, I want to put someone on their ass. How can you be mad at that? How can you be mad at that? Because guess what? Sure, Jeff Okuda may have struggled last year. Sure, he's not. he, he didn't pan out to be in the third overall pick and, and being a day one impact player like we wanted. 
But guess what didn't help Jeff Okuda last year? Guess what didn't help him to learn NFL offenses and to learn how to guard guys like Devontae Smith and defend quarterbacks like Aaron Rodgers? Devontae Smith. Devontae Adams. Guess what didn't help him with that? The worst defensive line in the history of football. Guess what didn't help him with that? Mitch Trubisky having 12 seconds to throw anytime they wanted to. Oh, yeah, and the Bears had a dog shit or offensive line. Guess what doesn't help linebackers with stopping the run when the defensive line is getting pushed back five yards into their fucking mouths? That doesn't help. That does not help. You know what's going to make maybe an average cornerback start to look like a pretty good one is when the quarter when the other team's QB has to get the ball out in three seconds or less. Guess what makes this free safety's job a thousand times earlier when he says, oh, wait, we have fucking savages on our defensive line, so I probably don't need to worry about a double move because if they run it, um, that quarterback's going to have a helmet in his ribcage before he throws that football. So guess what? My job just became I, I got to guard 50% of the routes I had to before. We beefed up and we made the foundational pieces of this team moving forward the two position groups that can positively impact every other position group on the field like no other. I said this last time too. Offensive and defensive lines are the only two position groups where they, if they're good, that helps everybody. That helps everybody. Having a stud cornerback, a lockdown corner, that doesn't help the defensive line. That doesn't mean shit. Having a stud linebacker, Unless you're blitzing him, that doesn't help the pass rush. Having a stud QB, if he's on his ass the entire game, that doesn't help the O-line. If you have an absurd wide receiver, if you have Randy Moss, guess what? He's not helping the guys block and pick up blitzes and keep the QB on their feet. We are all in on the two most important position groups in the game of football. I don't know how anyone could be upset with that. And besides all that, even if you're like, uh, uh, I would have gone. I would have gone wide out in the second round. Ah, uh, I would have gone linebacker in the third. Ah, even if that's kind of your thought, or maybe you don't hate it, you don't love it, but you would have gone a different route. Fine, everyone's got their opinion. That's fair. But you have to at least admire and appreciate that they have a vision. You have to be able to be thankful for the fact that you can look at what they did in the draft and you can point to it and say, like I just did for the last twenty minutes. You can look at it and say, all right, well, we'll see how this goes. Hopefully it works out. But at least I know Brad Holmes, Dan Campbell, when they got together those first few weeks and they said, all right, what's the plan? Priority number one became the line of scrimmage. That's the plan. Priority number one became we're going to protect the quarterback, we're going to move people, and we're going to run the ball because our offensive line is better than your defensive line. And defensively, they said, you won't run it on us. You won't be able to throw it on us because our defensive line will get to the quarterback. Our defensive line will keep linebackers clean. Our defensive line will plug up holes and shed blockers. That's what they said. Sure, might not work out. Sure, this regime, you know, four or five years from now, who fucking knows? At least, at the very least, you can look at it and say they have a plan. They seem to be determined in that plan and believe in it, which – it's such a relieving feeling. It is such a relieving feeling. It's got to give you hope, especially coming from where we've been as Lions fans. Like I said, with the Patricia era, his identity seemed to be, we won't run the pass. We, we won't rush the passer. We're going to build this team on never getting to the quarterback. That's, that's our ideal. The Matt Patricia Detroit Lions, their staple, their trademark, 
your quarterback will have all day. That's not that's not great. That's not great. I don't know what Patricia's whole plan ever even fucking was, to be honest with you, other than re-signing washed-up Patriots players. Maybe that was his plan. Like, I'll go to Detroit, and once these guys, you know, they're kind of done playing at their highest level, they don't want to work their ass off and practice for Belichick and, you know, bust ass day in and day out in New England anymore. I'll come to Detroit. We'll pay them. It'll be like a little retirement package for playing for the Pats. That's kind of what it felt like Patricia's ideology was. So it is nice. It is refreshing, and it is necessary. It is fucking necessary that these guys have a plan and are sticking to it and so far seem to have executed it. I'm fired up. You can't look at a team that has a good offensive and defensive line and and find them at the bottom of the league. I saw a thing on Twitter, top 10 top 10 um like graded offensive lines in the NFL last year, like PFF offensive lines. Nine of them were in the playoffs and the one that wasn't, I can't remember who it was, but they were like 8 and 8. Yeah. You you think there's a rhyme to the reason? Oh, if you have a good offensive line, you're in the playoffs. Yeah, that fucking makes sense. That makes too much sense. If you've ever played football, if you've ever watched real good football teams, sure, they probably got a good QB. Sure, they got a playmaker. But really, boiled down, the line of scrimmage is theirs. I remember the Michigan State college football playoff team. The reason that team was so good is because Shalit Calhoun, Lawrence Thomas, and Malik McDowell were absolute monsters. They dominated whoever you put in front of them, and it was, okay, great. Every single play, we can rush four and drop seven. And that four is going to get to your quarterback in three seconds if you pass it. So we're going to have a couple sacks a game and pressure them. And if you run it, that four is just going to throw their guy on the fucking floor and make a play. Simple as that. I'll call four, like cover three, rush four every play. You'll score maybe like 15, 14 points on us. All right, cool. We'll score 21. That's it. That's why those teams were great. That's why those teams are great. Dude, the fucking Washington football team, Alex Smith on half a leg was their QB, and they I think they made the wild card game solely because they ran the ball and because they had a solid defensive line. That was literally it. They didn't have – they had Terry McLaurin and then an offensive and defensive line, and they made the playoffs. Yeah, the NFC East fucking sucks. But still, the NFC North probably not going to be great next year. Probably it could mirror that NFC East. And the one secret sauce, the one purveying quality of that team, oh, they're off, they ran the ball because their O-line's great? Oh, and they got after the QB. So it didn't even – sure, they didn't have any all-pro defensive backs. Oh, but any, like not anyone, but it's a lot easier to, to do that position, to, to be good at it when your defensive line is in the QB's mouth all fucking afternoon. I love it. I don't really understand how people are upset with it. Again, I've said it a couple times. I'll keep hammering at home. If you've played football, if you've been a fan, if you've been watching for a long time, I think the most obvious thing in the world is if you control the line of scrimmage, you're going to win more games than you lose. You're going to be a pretty good team. I don't know how you're upset at them wanting to be them wanting the line of scrimmage to be the foundation. Kind of a no-brainer. Kind of a no-brainer. Get that short up, and it's a whole lot easier to find guys that catch the football than it is to find guys who move 300-pound defensive tackles five yards. That's it. That's all it boils down to. All right, quick break. We'll move off the football lines talk. Played flag football Sunday. I My body is fucking killing me. I played flag football, and my whole body is sore. 
I bar- I played quarterback. I barely even ran. I made one hell of a play, credit to me, and fell straight on my back, tipping a pass uh, as a DB. Absolutely electric play. It'd go down in history if you could see it. Fell right on my back after I jumped. My whole entire body is killing me. I feel like I, I don't even know what I feel like. Like, got hit by a car. My whole body is sore. I don't understand it. Quick break, and then I'll go into the into depths of, like, being in playing shape, I guess. Just being a pathetic human. I thought I was in good shape. I work out a lot. Just doesn't fucking matter. I'm sore as balls. I don't know. Quick break, talking to you about Anchor, and we'll be right back with some flag football talk. All right, quick little edit. Um, I said we were going to do the next segment, flag football. Body's still in shambles. Body is still for sure in shambles. I'm doing this the morning of this episode coming out. Everything's still sore. It's almost like I didn't just get a good night's sleep after a day of not doing shit. Explain that one to me. Science, medicine, explain that one to me. Um, I decided just going to leave it what it is. Just keep it all nice, clean, just the draft podcast. Nothing fancy. Don't get too cute. Meat and potatoes. Do what you do and do it well. So we're going to just leave the episode that we recorded as it is. Lions draft talk. Hope everybody enjoyed. Tomorrow we'll be coming back. I'll do the flag football. Really... Just the concept, flag football, and how sore I am, and the fact that I used to willingly play real football. Why? How? How did it? How? We'll get into that. We'll get into some other stuff. Haven't really totally decided, but it'll be one of the more random kind of like talking, shooting the shit type type episodes. But we're gonna keep this one as just lines football draft review. Bears Twitter coming after my ass, and we'll call it a day. That being said, appreciate everyone listening as usual. Keep spreading the word, sharing it, telling people, blah, 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 all that good stuff. I need it. I know I keep saying it, and I sound lazy about it because it's super redundant, but it is true. I need it. It's super helpful to me, so I really do appreciate it. Appreciate everyone listening. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. One last thing, at Nick Second String on Twitter, at the period second period string on Instagram, the second string Detroit at gmail.com, topics, questions, whatever. Send me something. I'll talk about it. I don't give a fuck. All right. Thank you guys for listening. Talk to you tomorrow.